Welcome to She Loves the Grid, where we discuss all things F1. Whether it's happening on the track, in the paddock, or beyond the grid, we'll talk about it all. All right. Ready? Ready we go. Away we go. <laughs> it's lights out and away we go. I'm Diane. And I am Claire, back for another episode of She Loves the Grid. So Yay. how was your week? Getting excited? Ready for the next race? I am ready for the next race. I don't know what it is this year, but these off weeks, I don't know what to do with myself the entire <laughs> the entire week. I don't know what to do. I, I feel like I'm missing something, I'm missing an appendage. And this week was so quiet with the teams and even the drivers, like there just wasn't a lot going on. So yeah. What about you? How was your week? Yeah. Same thing. I, I felt like, I don't know if it's because I just so much stuff to do and just, you know, real life. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I felt like, um, I felt like I was missing something. Like, was I not keeping up? Was I was supposed to be doing something? You know, just why wasn't there enough F1 in my life? I almost was stalking the F1, you know, social media just to find stuff. Right. Because yeah. it just yeah, it was kind of quiet. Yeah. I couldn't, I can't get enough generally, but the last two off weeks in between these, these first few races, it's just like, I need something. I need more. <laughs> and I think that first one, there was just so much, you know, kind of drama going on between, you know, this one, this is, this was a little toned down. So it was, a, yeah. it was definitely quiet. You're right. It was definitely it's a little quiet, but there's still some stuff. I mean, I, I think with, we just talked about some of the recap we were talking before um, there were still a few teams that had a little stuff going on, right? Yeah. McLaren for sure. I think that was the biggest, maybe surprise, but probably the biggest news coming out team wise this week and they're making moves. So on Wednesday, they announced that their executive technical director, who's James key, and he's been, credited with really getting McLaren to where they were the last you know few years, he left as part of a restructure. So what McLaren announced is that they're moving to an F1 technical executive team. So they're going to have three people specializing in like different technical roles. And I think it's like aerodynamics, um, car concept and performance, and then um, a technical director for engineering and design. So those three people are going to, I guess, work together to kind of get the car where it needs to be. Um, the statement said that it's been in the works for several months. Who knows if that's true or not? Part of me kind of thinks like James Key might be thinking you have to hire three people to replace me <laughs> like for the one, the run um, role. But of course, Zach Brown, not our favorite um, CEO, said that it's been clear to him that for some time our techno, techno, technical, why can't I say it? Technical development has not moved at a quick enough pace to match our ambition of returning to the front of the grid. So that was his take on it. I mean, it'll be interesting though. I mean, he has been, as we've pointed out before, he is. One of the few CEOs that is so hands-on and so like present and and yeah. visible, right? And not that, yeah. not that CEOs aren't you know very aware. Um, you know how much of it is him, and how much of it if you've got three heads trying to make all these decisions collectively, which could be difficult. Is he going to be the overriding factor, and is that still going to make the team ultimately still go down the path they've been going? Right, exactly. And I know they've been saying there's been changes in the work. So maybe that's what they mean when they said like, this has been months in the making, maybe they're already getting that input from those people and working with their team principal um, to kind of get those changes moving. So I mean, we can only wait and see what happens the rest of the season for McLaren. But, you know, I, I think that's a big move, especially two races in. Like you would think you would make those moves in the off season or even, you know, towards the end of last year when you're really planning for this year's car. So to me, I just think the timing, like it really, it was in the work for several months then, <laughs> but two races in you, you make all of these changes. That's the part yeah. that I didn't really understand. Yeah. And you bring up a good point there too. Like for this year's car, the car's 
there. I mean, how much can you literally change the concept and the the design and whatnot? Right. While I mean, you're there, right? I mean, there's right, there's, especially there's, with the cost cap. Like, yeah, like they're already working on next year's car, right? So most, I think that's how that works for the majority of the teams. Like they're already working on next year's car. Now they've been working on this car. And like you said, how much can you really change? And when you factor in the cost cap, do you even have the money to put in some major changes? Or are you just hoping enough little changes will make a big difference? Well, maybe, maybe that's it. Maybe it's having them in now to really analyze the the deficiencies and the issues now will help them while they're designing next year's car. So maybe yeah. it's more of a focus for next year and learning and it being hands-on to learn as much as they can this year live versus as a spectator um, yeah. gives them a, a, a better advantage for next year, maybe. Yeah, I mean, that's what Haas did, right? So last year they were like, they made it very clear we're not putting a lot of money into the car that they ran last year. They were focusing on this year's car. So yeah. maybe, maybe. It's, they evident. it's evident. We've seen Haas already making improvements. So yeah, which is exciting for Haas. <laughs> Yay, Haas. So that was, I think, the biggest news. I think one of the funnest things um, from this week was the whole Mercedes getting that trophy back to um, Fernando. I. Yeah. I had so much fun watching those things that all of a sudden, I don't remember what day it was Thursday. George has the trophy. Cause I mentioned it last week. Like I assumed that they would have taken the trophy from him or maybe not George, but from Mercedes last week and given it back to Aston Martin. But towards the end of the week, George was posting a photo like Fernando, what's your address? <laughs> I've got your trophy. And then the super cute little video, like major props to the Mercedes team likes for creating that whole adorable video of driving it the 13 miles over to Aston Martin's headquarters with, with their brand all over the video. <laughs> it was hysterical. I how they polished it up in the POV of the trophy itself and buckling in for safety. Good safety. Yeah. Um, yeah I was cracking up. I, I, I don't know how many times I probably watched that because that was just hysterical. Um, so good. You know, but, but in the end, it was just like, okay, we're, it's there. We're done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On your show. <laughs> I thought that was really cute. I do think that Mercedes, their social media team really seems to be setting up some really cute videos. They've done a lot, mostly featuring George. Um, there was the other one, was it last week where they opened the door and he's standing there in his signature F1, you know, pose that everybody's doing memes of. Um, asking, you know, what are you doing? <laughs> so I just, I like that they're um, kind of having a lot of fun with that this year. Um, it, and then nice see, it's nice to see that on a couple levels because one, it was just showing some fun camaraderie and, and a positive response from that craziness with the penalty yeah. and the flip flop and whatnot. And then yeah. it's a, a complete 360, or I guess 180 would be better from you know, the craziness after week one and the panic that was coming out from Mercedes as a whole. And then now it's like, let's be light. Let's have some fun. Let's engage yeah. everyone. And, and I mean, it's serious, yeah. but let's not be too serious. Right. And, and show some human side of it. So I enjoyed that. Yeah, no, I think that's awesome because you're exactly right. The week before, it, you know, they were drowning is how it was coming across. And even Friday, I woke up and it, it felt like, Groundhog's Day, you know, it was another post from their social media, their Instagram saying, you know, we're, we're moving forward. We're working hard. Who's with us. And it's like, oh my God, every week, do we have to be like, we're with you. Yeah. <laughs> so like, so I thought they had been so successful with all the other stuff, like you said, making it lighthearted and having fun with George. And then it was back to like, oh, I'm over it. Stop. <laughs> So, but they're not drowning. They are doing really well. So I can't wait to see them in Australia. Oh, wait. So the one that's drowning a little bit though is your team Ferrari. Ah, uh, Ferrari. I know. You know, and I and I would say like overall, I think they have been kind of quiet. There is some of that, you know, we're we're doing everything we can. Um social media stuff, but at the same time, like there are little things coming out, like you know, Charles has said he's not happy with the car. It doesn't, it's not where it needs to be. Um, but Fred this week was saying, 
you know, yeah, we need to make changes for sure, but not everything is bad at all. So it's not like, you know, the, the Ferrari's on fire. It's, he basically was like, kind of calm down, you know, not everything is going wrong. Um, he seemed to think that their showing in um, Saudi Arabia was because of the hard tires, which I thought was interesting. Like Charles really did a really good job moving up very quickly. Carlos kind of didn't seem to go anywhere. And then obviously Charles got in that train. So maybe that's what he's kind of referring to. Like once they got on the hard tires, they just couldn't do anything. Um, but Fred also said that we should see some small upgrades for Australia, but they really have to figure out how to use the current car, like the current package before they start thinking about upgrades or updates. Well, and, and Charles needs to have his engineers giving him the information he needs to. Strategy issues from last year continue to plague him for this year and communication. I mean, communication in all things is so key, you know? Oh, it's major. It's absolutely major. So I don't know. We'll see. I'm, Charles won Australia last year. So I'm hoping maybe it's a good luck thing that this year, you know, they'll be ready. They're, they're ready to go. But I think that there is still maybe a little bit of reliability or consistency. I don't know. I just have this nervous feeling about it. Like we're not quite there yet. So we'll see. Yeah. I have no idea. And then Speaking Red Bull. Of, yeah. <laughs> communication. This Red Bull. Oh my goodness. That was, I mean, it's, it's one thing to dominate and be and have the fastest car and have the tech, whatever the tech's going on, the design, you know, great management of their tires and, and everything, yeah. you know, kind of the focus of today, our teams and everything and whatnot. But yeah, I just said uh, that the communication or the lack of team teamwork, I, I don't know what it is. I, I, I don't know what it is there. Yeah. I, I don't either. Um, you know, Christian Horner, I feel like he was really downplaying it this week because, of course, he was asked about it. Um, there was so much. That was probably the main thing that came out of Jetta was, you know, are we back to, you know, Max versus Checo? Is Checo going to, you know, really start to mostly look out for himself? <laughs> like, what are we going to do there? Um, but Christian Horner says, you know, his drivers will continue to work well together. They're very mature drivers. You know, I think for Christian, his biggest thing is like, he just wants Red Bull to win. I don't think he really cares if there's a, you know, a tiff between the two or Max goes for the fastest lap on, you know, the last lap <laughs> that, you know, Checo's being told one thing, Max is being told another. I think as long as he feels that they are putting the team first, the team has, the maximum points. I don't think he really cares. I don't think he but cares. How long does Checo's contract? I think he's there through this year. Hang on. I do have I do have all when their contracts expire. Because if he was to, if his contract expires this year, he needs to think about that. If Checo's not being respected and doesn't feel like he's part of the team or feels as important, then he were to move to Aston Martin, which has the second fastest car. Yeah. Or you know, I don't know if Aston Martin would do that or to another team. And that team takes away points. It's one thing that the fastest car and have one good driver and one car that, that even if they've got the fastest car, if you don't have the driver who can handle it and can keep you there, what are you going to do? How are you going to keep right. the points? Yeah. So Checo is there through 2024, but that, I mean, we've seen what happened with Danny Rick. He had a contract. <laughs> they basically bought him out. Um, but I think with Red Bull, like, I don't think that Christian Horner would. Okay. Bye. Like, they have their academy. They've got so many people that would want to drive for them um, that I think they would, as long as Max is happy and Max stays, I feel like they would just bring somebody else in. I, I think that they've got enough drivers, um, yeah. and good drivers that they could just bring over. Like, but it'd be hard to replace Checo, I think, though. He's, he's, he's really a top driver. He is a great driver. And I think, I think he's been a great teammate. That was one of the biggest issues last year was, you know, he has done a lot of work for Max to help get Max where he is. And I think if you take that for granted and you don't reciprocate from at least time to time, yeah, what wow. I could, he's got to look out for himself too. You know, I mean, they're all there to win. Granted, Max is the, you know, the world champion, but here we are. 
one and one, one win each, one second, you know, place each still have a long way to go. But if they, like you said, are the dominant car, which they very <laughs> much appear to be, then yeah, why, why shouldn't Checo try to go for it? Why shouldn't he be the world champion? Yeah. And had he gone for it, had he pushed harder, had he not played the team line, he could have blown Max out of the water. And, and, you know, maybe, maybe Max needs that. Maybe Max needs to have take, be taken down a few pegs. I don't right, think we'll Max would handle that, that well. <laughs> I, I don't, don't think, think so either. dad would handle that well. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> not so much. Trying to think what else. Yeah, pretty much everybody else. Like, I feel. Well, Williams. Williams. So, yeah, Logan feeling very confident, he said. He's learning more. He's, you know, things are becoming very natural to him in that car. And he's wanting to make that natural feeling, like, more second nature, which is great. Like, that's exactly what he should be. He should be able to react instantly as second nature in the car. So, he's been doing really, really well so far. So I am again, excited to see him as he continues to grow. And if he's already feeling confident, which I mean, not to put words in anybody else's mouth, like Piastri did, did good last time, but I don't know if maybe Piastri and um, DeVries are feeling that kind of confidence with their cars, um, with their performances so far. So if Logan's already feeling confident and they continue to push, awesome. That's that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting to watch. I, I did. We were talking earlier, just some of the being a down week and the social media stuff. I did get a kick out of uh, um, Albon's response to one of the questions about how he his apps on his phone were basically yes. all maps because he gets lost. So I can't get lost on the track, though. So that's <laughs> you can. I guess as long as you go out the right way, <laughs> like you're good. <laughs> He's you awesome. Get lost but... going in all right, yeah, like you said, most of the most of the other uh, teams were pretty quiet. Not a lot going on there. Not a lot happening Thursday. I I was thinking, is this like Simulator Thursday? I don't remember everybody posting photos of them sitting in the simulators, like all on the same day. But they were all in the simulators with um, the Australia, the Melbourne track, um, on their little you know screen. So. We'll see what happens. I, I think as we're speaking now, the majority of them are touching down in Australia, getting ready for this week. Yay. So exciting. Race week. Let's get to our grid basics. So we about talking about tires. You and I think of, uh, and you doing the majority of it, but did uh, our own kind of crash course in tires, all things tires with a Y. Yes. Tires, I mean, it's a very, very important aspect. Um, it may not be something that, especially if you're new to the sport that you would really think about, like, yes, they need tires to get around the track, but the type of tires, how they decide what tires to use, how that's used in strategy is huge. <laughs> like without the right tires, you're not going to be passing people. You're not going to win the race. So um, this year they did add a new compound. So, well, I guess I, we should probably start and say that Pirelli is the tire manufacturer, they provide the tires for all of the teams, um, which I think in the past, that wasn't the case. I don't know how many years ago that was, but I think in the past, like teams could do their own um, tires, but Pirelli has been making the tires for the last few years. And this year they added another option. Um, so I don't want to get too technical <laughs> here, yeah, but yeah. what we put up here just to kind of help, you know, cause you see the colors, you actually will literally see these colors on the yes. cars. Right. And we've yes. got it kind of showing here to kind of help. And this is the links at the bottom to the Pirelli website. We did, we, you know, we're just pulling information to kind of share that this is showing from hardness down to softness. So the ones on the, the, the red are the hardest, right? The no, not the softest. Softest, right. Red's That's right. Red's softest. Softest. Softest, right. See, I, I get it backwards. Thank you for correcting. <laughs> Softest down to the hardest, right? Getting down. Yeah. And um, and then that red shows it. Now, the one I saw when I read up on there is that the without the brackets, this would be the C4. So it starts with a bracket and then that line on the outside and then the bracket comes off. So the C5 has the bracket and that would be the four. The three has the bracket. The two doesn't. The one has it and then the zero does it. So if you really want to get technical, but when they're spinning, who can tell? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but when you can see like when they're like lining up or when they're 
pitting and you, so you will easily be able to see, okay, the red is soft. The red is soft. Let's kind of go through those. So red, you will see that a lot during qualifying when they're on their flying laps, like the ones that they're hoping, you know, put them into the next, you know, Q1, Q2, Q3. So most, mostly you'll see them using red during practice. You could see any combination of these. They're trying different things during practice, right? So they might, if it's a track like um, uh, Bahrain, they might be trying the whites, the hards, because they want to see, okay, this is a very abrasive track. Like how does this hold up? So the reds are your soft tires. Um, and when you're looking at this thing, the C stands, stands for compound. So C5, C4, C is compound. Um, the reds are typically the fastest. It's going to be, um, again, what's used for qualifying. It's it's a very short lifespan. So you're not going to see them running these for very long. So you might see, especially the people at the front of the grid on race day, using starting with the softs because they can take off. It can get them up to speed very quickly. They can maybe gain some, some spots, but they'll probably pit around like lap 15 or somewhere in there and move to one of the other compounds to finish out the race. Or depending on the race, they might have a two pit stop strategy. But especially for the people um, at the front of the grid, they're most likely going to be on the softs. They want to go quick. If you're towards the back of the grid, <coughs> you might have a different strategy. You might start with a medium. You might start with the hard um, <coughs> to just get more laps going, to have more laps under your belt before you actually have to um, stop. Um, the hards skipping over the mediums for a second, the hards generally are around one second per lap slower. So um, you might want to use these again, say in um, Bahrain, where it's a very abrasive track, you need something more durable. Um, so that way you're not having to stop as often. Um, so that's when you would use the hards for the most part, or you really want to have a long run. Like you just want to go as far as you can before you have to pit in that race. Um, and the medium is kind of a combination of, of both, right? It has durability and it has speed. So. Yeah. And then the extra, extra colors. So it's kind of hard to tell in these pictures, but if you, when you go to that link and look it up on Pirelli, the intermediate, the green um, is for wet is when you get when they're raining right so if you they call i've heard it a few times the c0 through c5 are called slicks there's no tread those of us have our tires in our cars you know there's there's tread you want tread because it grips the road there's there's no tread right so the intermediates actually have a tread to help for gripping for rain and it's the most versatile has and that's why they call it intermediate it gives them some speed it gives them the traction while it's raining but if it is, it's not called a wet tire per se. If it's a heavy, heavy rain, then they will go to the wet tire, which is the blue. And that gives them a lot more um, traction and control. However, they also have a lot more spray. So there's a lot right. more chance of limited visibility and whatnot um, on those because of the grooves and throwing more water up. Exactly. Exactly. And I think it's important to note that each race um, weekend, each team, each car gets, is it 13? I think it was 13 sets. 13 yeah. sets of tires. Pirelli decides before, so before even testing, they announced for Bahrain, Jeddah, and um, Australia, these are the compounds that we're going to be using. So they pick three compounds. And it's 13 sets of the dry weather tires, those, those okay. slick, the dries. It's four sets of intermediates and three sets of wets. Okay which they probably most of the time just take with them and never use. <laughs> but, um, okay. So 13 sets of slicks and then, um, yes, they decide which of those. So they'll pick one of the hards, one medium, one, um, soft. So that's what they're picking before the race. And then from there, um, during the race, the team has to use two, at least two compounds. So again, that's, they have to pit at some point course. during the race so they can start on softs, go to hards, start on mediums, go to hards, however they want to do it, but they have to use two of those um, compounds during the race. And what I think is kind of cool is even before they get to the racetrack, 
they are going into the simulator and somehow like figuring out like, okay, these are our compounds. We're going to put that on our simulator <laughs> and determine <laughs> which is going to be their best options as far as, so they'll create different strategies based on, well, if we start at the front, let's run a simulation, you know, using softs and then moving to the hards. If we're, if we're going to start at the back, something happens, like maybe Ferrari, they knew they were going to have a, a grid drop, right, for Charles' penalty. Okay, so if we start midfield, let's run the simulator with this with the medium tire and kind of go from there. Um, this week in Mercedes recap, I thought it was really interesting because they talked about just that, about how when they were doing the simulation um, for Jetta, they knew that they were going to use medium and hards based on the data that they got from the simulator, um, which I thought that was pretty cool. Um, and so they knew for, for Lewis, once they found out where he was going to be starting, like they're going to start him on hards. We're going to, our strategy is going to be, we hope a safety car comes out after the other teams have already pitted because they'll start on us. Most of them will start on a soft and, Lewis will be able to go longer on the hard. So he can kind of move up while they're all pitting and then switch his tires a little bit later. So there's a whole strategy behind it. And even during the race, like things are changing. The weather can change. Um, they might have slipped back. There's so many different things where they have to make a decision. Do we want to switch our tire on the next pit stop? So yeah, and, and speaking of the weather, one one exception to that rule of the tires, because it's noted in our notes, is that if, if it's the two tire rule is only if it's dry conditions. So, right. That's true. Very good so, point. That, that's yeah, important. So I do I think I recall seeing a race where they did switch between intermediates to wets because the, the rain got either too so hard bad. or it lightened up enough that they went between the two sets because just to give them that advantage. So I have seen that happen in a race before. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. Not required, and that was strategy, right? It's a strategy yeah. versus a requirement in that case. Exactly. And also like, so, I mean, I feel like the simulator can only do so much, but that's why the practices are also so important, you know, as they are seeing, okay, is what we're actually seeing on track, is that what the data the simulator gave us for these same tires? That's why you never know. And I don't put a lot of stock in how people finish in practice is you don't know if they're trying a long run, if they're trying, you know, this tire to see if this strategy would work or, you know, how do we want to incorporate those? So that's why practices are important. And last week, um, was it DeVries? Who, who didn't do the third practice? It was one of the rookies. I think it was, it was DeVries. DeVries. I think it was DeVries. Um, but again, like not only on a street circuit, because we talked about how important it is to um, practice, <laughs> especially on a street circuit. But again, they're, the teams aren't getting the data that they need on the actual track with the actual tires so they can take that data and and use it um, for especially the Especially in a car so early in the season, it's a new car, right? You just, right. <laughs> you really need that. You need that, right? The, yeah. Data is key. You definitely need that. Well, I, I think it was really the most fascinating piece. I mean, all this is fascinating. I'm being in science and engineering my whole life. I, I love the engineering aspect of it. The coolest thing, though, I will have to say, also being wanting to hopefully keep the planet around for our kids uh, and their kids eventually, um, is what happens to the tires afterwards. That's a lot of tires, 13 sets of tires of just dry or yeah. the other two. Think that, that's what. 13, 14, 15, 16, 19 sets of tires. That's a lot of tires. It's a lot of what tires. What happens after the race with the tires? Each race, 23 yeah. races. I, I didn't even do the math. That's a lot. Let's just say that's a it's lot. It's a lot. And even if they don't use a tire, if it's put on a F1 rim, I think because of the force or whatever, even if they never use it, that tire cannot be used. Because when you're taking it off, like yeah. it messes yeah. up the tire. So it can't. So it's not even just those 13. So I did think it was really cool because like you said, the environment is very important to us, but F1 has a sustainability goal where, you know, because they're traveling all over the world and the tires and the cars and everything else, they have a sustainability goal. So after the race, the tires are all shipped back to England and they're finally shredded um, They with other tires from regular cars as well, but they're finally shredded 
into these small pellets and then they burn them at this really, really high temperature to use as fuel for cement factories, which I'm trying to like picture how that, how, like how that works. But anyways, because they burn it at such a high temperature, um, there's no harmful fumes that are released during the process. So I just thought it was kind of good that they are using that for like basically recycling it um, to use for something else. And the tires aren't just going into some giant trash heap somewhere that we we don't know about. Yeah, I've seen those growing up. There's, there's piles of tires sitting yeah. over. So that's, yeah, that's pretty and if, if those catch fire, like, oh my gosh, that's that's horrible. So I really liked that, you know, Pirelli is doing that. They're taking the extra step um, probably for their own company, but also to stay in line with um, F1's priorities. No, I think that's, I think that's awesome. Yeah. So, well, I mean, tires, it might've been a little bit of a boring grid basics, but at the same time, I don't think so because it's no, so vital it's, to the outcome well, of these races. Yeah. And it's, again, what we want to do here is educate and help people learn about the strategy because the more, you know, and understand the more it helps get into the sport as well and really get, you know, understand why drivers do things and why teams make decisions and why did they pit here and why not there? And it, it, it helps you understand versus just sitting there going and getting frustrated because of a decision that you yeah. made, right? Exactly. That's, that's what exactly. We're and I think, again, you know, one thing we didn't necessarily mention is it is important. And one thing Pirelli takes into account when they're determining which three um, compounds they want to use for a race is like temperature. So obviously, you know, last weekend, the te track temps were very, very hot. Is it a more abrasive track? Um, so we know uh, Bahrain is very abrasive, but last week wasn't as abrasive. So there's all of these other things aside from the teams, the strategy and all that stuff that really go into um, determining. And then also one thing that, I mean, this might be something you have to go into because you are the more techie, you know, engineering type brain and I'm not, but it's that downforce also, like when you're on a particular track, like you need a tire that's going to help with your downforce, which is going to help with your speed. And, and like already I'm just like, eyes are glazing over, but that'll have to be one of our grid basics is talking about the science of that. And it's just STEM folks, STEM, STEM is a good, good uh, place to go. If your kids are thinking about where to go. STEM, see, even a STEM degree can get you into a racing career, you know? That's yeah. Really also, cool. P.S. McLaren's hiring if you are an engineer because now they have these three different things. And I was on their, I was on their website and they are, there's a lot of open positions for engineers. So <laughs> if you're looking well, to get into F1. <laughs> well, I think that actually brings us beyond the grid. So yeah. outside of the engineering side, I thought it was cool. Uh, kind of a new passion of mine in the last couple of years is Danny Rick launched some wine or some wine. Yeah. So he did that maybe a year or so ago, but they launched a new, um, I'm not a wine person. What do you call it? Like a brand? No, it's yeah. Yeah, great is his brand, but they launched a Shiraz was just released. I don't know. That's yeah. the right way to say it. Yeah. I, I'm new to it. I used to, you know, I used to be really big into all my beers. And so I've just yeah. recently got into some wines and red is my fave. So it looks like I'm uh, going to be ordering some of that. So it's a little high price point, but I, I'm going to, I'll splurge. I'll splurge. Yes. I think we should get it for Berlin or even if we take it to Barcelona and have some of our DR3 wine while we're sitting there. But, um, but so from what I understand, Shiraz is a sweet wine and that's what I'm all about, sweet drinks. Um, so if I have a wine, my family makes fun of me, but I'll drink a Moscato you know, a dessert wine with my <laughs> regular dinner. It has to be sweet. And I think that the Syrah, Syrah, Shiraz, how do you say it? Is, is a sweet wine. So I think that'd be cool. But I also think like the $75 would definitely deter me. But what I found out though, is he partners with St. Hugo, which is a huge winemaker. Um, they make like more than 50% of the wine that comes out of Australia. They have some of the oldest um, grape vines in the world. Um, so for sure, I'm thinking it's probably worth the money. Probably. 
Yeah, I saw some of the pictures of him. He just looks completely thrilled with the with yeah. that. So that I'm looking forward to that. I um, think that's awesome. I think the other thing we saw on the social media this week a lot was uh, the F1 exhibition. And I, I didn't see all the details about all the different rooms and a lot of the unseen artifacts, but definitely the, the car from the wreck. Yeah. That one, I just kind of like just sank my heart, you know? Yes. Wow. Yeah. So it's Roman Grosjean, Grosjean's car, the one that burnt. Um, I think it was the last race or the his second to the last race. And I mean, it's just horrifying to watch, but the remnants of that car are on display for the first time. And it's like, thank God for the safety measures that they have taken over the years to protect these drivers, because that is what to see him come basically walking out of the fire. And if you haven't seen that video, I mean, I don't know if I want to re necessarily recommend going and watching it, but watching it live. And it was just, I just remember that feeling. And then all of a sudden he comes walking out of the flames and it's like, how in the world did you even survive that I'm when chilled. you see the car? It's like, I get chills remembering it that, and I watched it, you know, and it recorded, but oh, just, yeah. And then, then you see that image and you're just like, you kind of brought back to it. Think, yeah. Oh my gosh. It's just, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. That it's a, what's intact, but just the color of it just shows you the heat, the amount of heat yeah. that that left the color of the metal the way it is. And, and it's, it's, but there, I would imagine the rest of the artifacts and it's supposed to travel, right? It's a, it might be a, a so, exhibit. Yes. Their website said, because when I saw that, I was like, mm, Madrid, I mean, we're going to Barcelona. Like how long is it there? We're not going to Madrid, but you know, I was, in my mind, I'm thinking like, Ooh, how can I see this? Because it there, like you said, there were other artifacts there. There's um, photos, there's all kinds of really, really cool things um, happening at the exhibition, but it does say it's going to travel worldwide. So I did leave a question on their, um, the F1 exhibition Instagram page, just saying like, is it coming to the United States? And there wasn't a response. So that's fine. Um, but I will keep an eye out for sure. Yeah, some good info that once we build out our actual website, we can put some of that kind of details on to, to share with folks. So that's yeah, that's one, one thing I'd really love to see for sure. And you did mention some fun stuff they had in there, like the, uh, no, Michael, no. Oh, <laughs> yes. So I think this is really interesting. So, you know, that last race with, between for the world championship between Max and Lewis, and there was the whole, you know, debacle with the safety car. And there were so many famous lines that came out of that between from Toto, from Christian Horner. Um, but from Toto, the no, Michael, no, there's actually a mug in, for sale in the gift shop at the F1 exhibition. And I just thought, like, that just seems a smidge shady to me. Like, there's been meme sites that have you know, they'll post, they'll sell this kind of merch, right? They have that kind of merch kind of making fun of different things, but to have F1 actually have the mug for sale. <laughs> that was so funny. I thought that's classic. They have a sense of humor. It's nice to see him have a sense of humor. I think it's okay. Well, you mentioned it a couple of times and I'm so excited. You posted the picture of it. Barcelona, Barcelona, Barcelona. Yay. I, I can't believe how this Yes, our I tickets. Can. Have them. I cannot wait. I'm I so excited. I'm actually putting them in my, yeah, I've got them in a safe place. We're going to make sure we have them. Oh, so I thought excited. it was pretty awesome that like we just happened to be on the phone chatting and all of a sudden you're like, our tickets came in. And I was like, what? Like, what? Where are we sitting? You said it just, it just came. I just got, the, <laughs> it just arrived. Let me look it up. But that was perfect timing because we were on the phone. Yeah, I'm so excited. We've got a great spot. I love where we're sitting. Um, the, the recon that we did to check all that out, and I, I think we're gonna we're gonna try to live broadcast or definitely, you know, our rap show will be after like in Barcelona. But you yeah. know, we'll together. It'd be nice to have our first episode together. Yeah. Um, I think I, we'll do I'm, a lot that week. I think we'll do some like Instagram lives. I think we can throw some stuff up on YouTube. So if you're following us on YouTube or you're not, go subscribe, especially prior to the Barcelona race, because we'll be putting a lot of stuff 
um, up. And yeah, I think that's going to be so exciting. I'm already trying to figure out what am I packing? I've got all my Ferrari. <laughs> yeah, my Ferrari. I've got to get some stuff. Already. Oh, I'm going to be wearing nerdy shirts the whole time. So I've got to get some extra <laughs> F1 shirts. And we have to get our merch. Got to have some She Loves the Grid merch. Yes, we will. That's a little tease there for everybody. Um, we are working on some She Loves the Grid merch um, because, you know, she could be anybody. It's us. It's you. It's your partner. It's your girlfriend. It's, you know, your sister, your daughter, whoever. She can be anybody. She loves the the grid. So um, hopefully we'll be announcing that pretty soon. Definitely before Barcelona. Yes, definitely. <laughs> but we did see we did see those uh, additional tickets open up. We mentioned and oh boy, there oh was a boy. Uh, so Vegas. We yes, a couple of weeks ago I think I mentioned that they were releasing tickets. Um, I have a credit card that had pre-sale, so I was like, well, let me just go on and see, because I'm not too far. I can easily drive to Vegas from where I am. And girl, it was like $1,800 to $2,000 a, a seat. And I don't even think like those were along like the strip. I think that was kind of off, you know, off the strip. I, I didn't pay that much for my airfare to go to Europe for a week. Like <laughs> what in the world? I mean, more power to the people that can afford it, but I'd rather spend a week in Europe and do other stuff and and still go to a race than yeah, just. Yeah, I, I, like I said, more power to people come, but I just I just can't imagine being in Vegas as many times as I've been. I mean, I know it's F one, but to to stand on the strip. Well, these were actual Yeah, these were actual to sit on the strip in the heat or oh, off yeah. the strip in the heat because you know the heat. Yeah. Well, November, I mean, but that's the other thing people don't think about. Like November could be freezing there. The desert at night, it's a, it's a night race. It could be darn cold in Vegas. Yeah. It's, I've been there and when the wind comes through, it like cuts right through you. So, I mean, now listen, if somebody wanted to sponsor us going or somebody wanted to host us going, like. Okay, we'll come. We'll come. But yeah, beggars can't be choosers, right? Beggars can't be choosers. Right, well, a couple of fun things we wanted to wrap up before we get into next week. Um, I know we talked about how um, we haven't really talked much about um, Angela and um, and Lewis Hamilton's uh, relationship and her leaving the, the team after what seven years. Yeah. Um, and um, I just like what you and I were talking about. I, I think it's kind of cool that she was able to, whatever the reason, make that decision and come out with the team and, and announce it and then just go do what she needs to do. And that's, that'd be, that's going to be hard. I mean, to make such a public yeah. decision that fans and everybody going to speculate and, and it be so public, right? Who leaves their job and the whole world finds out about it, right? Yeah. So, um, and, and everyone's under scrutiny. And I think every you know person can claim different types of people have different types of scrutiny, but a mom, you know, female and all that's going to have just this other set of eyes on them, I think. And so I just, I think it's, it's, I think they, they're handling it quite well. And the, the extra pressure of all the media and people trying to speculate and ask why. And I think you said you saw some fun pictures of her recently. Yeah. You know, her life. So that's, that's cool. And we yeah. haven't talked about it. Just, there wasn't much to talk about other than no, and we're, we will never go down the road of like speculating. Well, yeah. I guess we do kind of speculate, we speculate on you know Max's dad and whatever, but those kind of things like that's <laughs> that's not something that I think we we will ever get into. Um, it's a decision that they made together. Um, they seem to still have the most you know, utmost respect for each other. If they want to talk about it, then yeah, we can talk about it more. Um, today I do follow her on Instagram and today she was, I think paragliding solo for the first time. And so, you know what, Angela's out there living her best life and I say more power to her. <laughs> like, Go do your thing, girl. Maybe she gets some time to spend a little time with her, her, her kids that are growing up and yeah, 
enjoying yeah. that and everything. So it goes, it goes um, quick. So I, I mean, to travel as much as she has, you know, yeah. over the last few years and, and each season over the last, it keeps getting longer and longer. And even though like your kids are teens like that, they, they need you as much then as they do when they're little. Um, and before you know it, they're gone to university, they're living their own lives and you can't bribe them to like, you know, even travel with you anymore. And so you do it while, while you can. Absolutely. Um, I know we're coming up on time. We'll go ahead and talk about next week's race. Yeah. So we go to Australia and let me tell you, like, it just looks like a good time, right? Like it just, all I'm seeing is stuff about like drinking and partying and, and all of that good stuff. So one of these days, maybe we're going to have to get down to Australia and have an awesome F1 week. Um, my, my dream is to go to Australia. The koala is my favorite animal, scuba diver. Yes. Like I gotta go. I was able to go a long, long, long time ago. I was like 20. Um, so I would love to go back for sure. It was okay, like really beautiful. Ago, right? What's that? That was like five years ago, right? <laughs> exactly. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so, but here's the thing about the race. It's at 10 o'clock my time. Yeah. And you don't like to stay up late. Yeah. yeah. And you don't like to stay up late, but it's at 7 a.m. my time, a.m. And I don't like to get up early. So we're both going like to be sitting there groggy, you know? <laughs> and I don't like to stay up late. So I'm already trying to like figure out how do I make this happen where like, I, every night this week, I think I need to stay up a little later, a little later, a little later, make myself some, some nachos or something to have. Like you because I've been doing a lot of U.S. hours. I've been up till 6 a.m. my time. I'm like, wait a minute. I'm going to have to go to bed early to get up early. Yes, you are. Oh yes, you are. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It's I gonna feel be like I can handle qualifying because it's also at 10 o'clock, but it's only an hour. So I know I can, you know, go to bed at 11. That's not going to be too horrible. But yeah. Um, that's going to be tricky, but so obviously Daniel, Danny Rick is from Australia, so I'm sure he'll be down there. Um, but we don't really have him as his home race, but it is Oscar Piastri's home race. Um, and I would, I would like to venture and throw this out there that it's also like Valtteri's home race because he has his girlfriends from there. I think he's oh, yeah. living there. He's kind of like an honorary Aussie, if you will. Um, and he's doing like really cool stuff prior to this race. So he has like this coffee promotion thing going on with, it's like a, I don't know, there's a coffee bag and there's a, an actual like tote bag with his mullet. He's got like his little, um, tank top on. And then he's also doing, because he's a co-founder of this gin line, G I N alcohol, um, they're doing like three sittings for a dinner and gin pairing. And he, the first two sittings, like he'll be there. Um, so doing like a Q and a and a meet and greet and all that good stuff. So like Valtteri, he's locking it down as far as like, <laughs> I don't know. I haven't seen anything that Oscar's doing. And quite frankly, I'm a little disappointed in him and McLaren's merch for this. Um, because all I've been able to find is like a green sweatshirt with a yellow 81 on it for, <laughs> for Oscar's number. Meanwhile, Williams continuing to kill the merch game this year has come out with a whole line for the race in Australia. And it's cute. It's like so cute. So it makes you just want to get merch for not even your own team. You mentioned no. it before that you like their merch. I, well, I, I think really it'll be interesting because some quotes, some uh, facts and figures that you, you shared the, about this and getting to with the tires is this is a, the track that is a temporary facility, so it can be bumpy, um, yeah. that was resurfaced, what, in 2022, 58 Last laps. Um, from what we found, it's got four DRS zones, so it's the only track with more than three. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's one of the faster tracks. Um, so the, the compounds are C2, 3, and 4. Yeah. So that's our our different compounds that we just talked about earlier. So that's exactly. the same that we're in Saudi, right? The same ones that were in the same Saudi Arabia. Saudi. Yep. Um, exactly. So that, be interesting to have that. Why? Because, you know, they probably looks at the, the track being probably a more rough track and even though it was resurfaced and, and, and it's a fast, like it's so fast. Faster. It's probably going to be, well, we're heading into fall because they're the opposite of the U S right. So yeah. 
here we're heading into it's spring there it's heading into fall but it might still be pretty warm um and saudi was all obviously very warm so that's yeah. going to be taken into account um but i like that it's another really fast track i think that's i don't know i i think that's really fun i mean as long as like red bull is not like you know <laughs> 25 seconds ahead of everybody else. <laughs> it makes it, it makes it kind of like, it, but if that's the case, then it's like, okay, fine. We're just going to enjoy the pack then. And yeah, competition in the pack, right? Exactly. That's, that's where, where the, that's where the competition will be. But um, Charles won the race last year, Checo and George Russell were on the podium last year. So I'm kind of hoping that, um, I mean, I don't, I'm not hoping that Max doesn't finish, but I'm hoping that that's a, it's a good luck thing for Ferrari, like that, you know, they won last year there and, um, you know, hopefully some of those upgrades will kind of help us out. Don't knock out my, my Fernando and ask. Oh no, I can't wait to see Fernando and Lance. Like I, I hopefully Lance doesn't have car problems. He would have done so well, maybe not on the podium, but I think he would have been like fourth or somewhere in there. So I'm hoping that this go round, since it's a fast track, I would love to see them both finish. I want to see how they're doing. Cause now he's even that much further away from his wrist, you know, surgery. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm excited. I can't wait. I am too. It's going to be interesting this year just because I, I just dawned on me just the way the teams are measuring up this year. I wonder if we're going to have a year where the majority of teams have at least some points to, right? Like, how, does, how often does that happen where you have like all the teams have some points versus just yeah. only like, a certain number of teams, right? It'll be, it'll, yeah. maybe this yeah. uh, cost cap's really going to help continue to tighten that gap up and make it more competitive, which I, I like, right? Yeah. You know, it makes, yeah. it, it makes it more fun. It's, it's way more fun. And last year, what, there was only, was there just three teams or four teams on the podium the whole year? I, Ferrari for sure, Red Bull for sure, Mercedes for sure. I don't remember well, anybody else. But so I'm hoping like this year, it's not always just Red Bull and Aston Martin, Red Bull and Aston Martin. But, like I'm hoping some of those other teams kind of, yeah, yeah get up there. So yeah, I know some like McLaren would probably like to have some points <laughs> <laughs> down there and with zero right now, but <laughs> they're getting there. Here's to the next weekend and crazy hours and it means we can record a little earlier and, yeah. and uh so hopefully get some more questions we did open up um a poll on one of the podcast sites allows for polls so there or on our social media let us know if there's what we should cover on our grid basics because we want to keep researching and sharing info and hopefully we can meet some people in barcelona so keep pushing for that too yes so, it's always great to see you and talk racing always always and then as of tomorrow it's race week it's race week it's race week <laughs> well i guess we will sign off and we will be seeing everyone next week awesome bye take care bye-bye if you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast please subscribe and leave a rating and a review to stay up to date with She Loves the Grid and get all the behind the scenes content, you can follow us on Instagram at She Loves the Grid and on Facebook at facebook.com slash She Loves the Grid. Thank you for joining us for the ride this week. Mm -hmm.